Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. In the DLF family, a podcast. I am John Solo Mission Impossible Hogue, and this is a Super Flex Super Show. Actually, let's see if we can get a little bit more energy behind that one. This is the Super Flex Super Show. That's better. Now it feels like we can uh, we can get through a solo episode together here. Uh, so first of all. Uh, I just have to, well, first of all, I want to apologize to everybody who uh, has been looking for uh, two episodes from us um, every single week. Uh, that's been kind of our stated goal uh, for throughout this non-point scoring season. The goal was uh, two episodes a week, and uh, last week it, it just didn't happen, and a big part of that is uh, because of my absence. Um, So we're going to try and make it up to you here this week and try and get you three episodes uh, here this week with the NFL Combine coming up. So much to talk about. NFL free agency on the horizon. Uh, Brand new ADP, brand new Superflex ADP available at DynastyLeagueFootball.com for the month of February. That just came out as I'm recording this. So uh, head over to DLF and check that out. We're also going to, I'm going to talk about that a little bit on this episode, but uh, so much going on, and we wanna we wanna keep the content as consistent as possible. So, um, I also need to uh, acknowledge uh, my co-host and uh, everybody else who um, you know has has sent well wishes to me, and uh, and you know helped me out in the uh, in in a variety of ways uh, as I uh, as I kind of deal with. Um, some some family issues uh actually had two not one but two deaths in the family uh in the span of a week um neither of them was a a huge shock or anything you know 90 years old and 96 years old respectively so um certainly saw it coming but it uh it hurt nonetheless and uh there was a lot of travel involved um and uh you know just a, a lot of a lot of family time um, in a in a time of grief and mourning, so um, just want to thank everybody for for the understanding and uh, everybody who uh, who kind of picked up the slack for me um, in my in my absence. Um, I apologize to anybody who I didn't respond to, um, you know, in a timely fashion the way I'm used to. Um, some some of you didn't get responses at all to your you know to your trade polls and. And things like that, and that's uh, certainly, you know, those are things that I really try and stay involved in, stay on top of as much as I can. So um, just thank you for the understanding and the patience. Um, and uh, but we're gonna get back on track here, starting with this episode. And I kind of put it out on Twitter that I just wanted to do a little bit of a mailbag type episode. I wanted to know. You know what? Uh, what type of things are are on your mind? Um, you know what kind of things are you are you looking at and and thinking about at this point in the season? And um, definitely got a handful of responses uh, that I want to go over. Um, we uh, I also was tagged in some trade polls uh, that I thought were very interesting and it, some that sparked some debate like to talk a little bit about that um like to talk a little bit about uh superflex adp again brand new adp over at dynastyleaguefootball.com and uh we uh in in january we did the superflex adp and included rookie draft picks 
Now you're getting, you're not going to find those if you go to dynastyleaguefootball.com and look at that Superflex ADP. Uh, the software doesn't recognize those draft picks that I created. Um, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about it here. Um, and then in uh, in February's ADP, we took out the draft picks and actually included rookie players. And uh, there's some some pretty interesting stuff to look at. Um, with the uh, the difference between rookie picks and actual rookie players, so uh, so plenty to talk about, and uh, I'll, I'll even try to get into a little bit of superflex theory uh, for those of you who are new to the show. Um, uh, there's just so much to cover, and uh, but I also want to keep it somewhat at uh, it, it, it a reasonable time for you here. Um, I'm also, I mean, I'm just going to be working double, maybe even triple time as the only one talking without any of my, uh, any of the super team here to, uh, to join me. But, um, so it's, it's not going to be the longest episode, but I'd love to get you something that's somewhat evergreen, at least, uh, something to look back on and, and reference as you go through this non-point scoring season. Shout out to my boys from the Trade Addicts podcast, Dynasty Outhouse, and Brian Har, uh, so uh, let's uh, let's just jump in. I want to uh, I want to actually look at a couple of these these polls real quick um, that I was tagged in, and uh, uh, see what we've see what we've got. So at Dynasty underscore Evan, um, he goes by Fantasy Graphics Guy, and uh, he put out something that I thought was really interesting. Uh, it's a he said thought exercise. Twelve team super flex half PPR dynasty. You have rookie picks one point oh two, one point oh three, and one point oh nine. Who do you pick? And we just kind of ran the gamut of of answers. Um, I, I first off, I want to I want to shout out the great Katie Flower from uh, from the Under the Helmet podcast. She's at FF Skyler 399. And she said, one thing people do in Dynasty that hurts their rosters is draft for need. You want to draft the best player available so that your roster is full of good players. Good players garner the most trade value uh, and uh, or the most value on the trade market. Draft for talent, trade for need, which I absolutely love and generally agree with. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's a great place to start here is just the 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 idea that you know your your default really should be for trade value especially at this point in the season you know um you know here in february we're kind of we're we're so far away from actually starting lineups you know setting our lineups that there's there's really no real reason to you know, to focus on what is my starting lineup going to look like? How many points am I going to score? How am I going to win week to week? You know, we have so much time here. So much can change. Um, we haven't even gotten into free agency yet, much less the rookie draft. We have no idea how these guys are going to produce. Now, if you if you go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com and check out my Superflex rankings, those are based on how I think those are these players are going to produce, you know, over, uh, over the course of obviously 2020 and kind of beyond, uh, you know, 2021, maybe even 2022 try and I try and kind of look at it from a, you know, about a three year window. Um, sometimes it, it can, you know, it can stretch out to about five, but it's very rare. There are very few players who we can really count on beyond three years. Uh, the quarterback position definitely. Sometimes the wide receiver position. It, it, every now and then the tight ends can do that, but for the most part, I you know we don't really want to to focus on these guys beyond three years, just because so much can change. Uh, we also have a collective bargaining agreement coming up after the 2020 season, by the way, that uh, that could change a lot of things as far as contract structures. So, um, you know, that it, it makes it even harder to really project these players beyond 2020. Um, but that's what my rankings are based off of. It's how I believe that they're going to produce in season. 
uh, you know, over the course of, of two to three years. Um, so completely ignore those right now. <laughs> it's, it's not what I should be saying. I should be telling you, yeah, go check out my rankings. They're the greatest thing. It's, you know, I, I, I should be driving hits to the website and saying, yeah, my, my rankings, like that's, that's how you're going to win your league. Go buy my rankings. But the, the reality is you want nothing to do with my rankings right at the moment. <laughs> that's, we'll get to that in the summertime. That's what that's kind of our end goal for the non-point scoring season is to get as many players, um, you know, at the top of my rankings as possible. But right now, all we care about is ADP. Go check out that Superflex ADP at DLF, and that tells you player values. That tells you everything you need to know about what these players are con- are, are currently worth uh, on the trade market. And that's all we need right now, because that's all these players are right now. Their their trade value, their currency. You know, we're 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 so far away from getting points from these players that thinking in terms of how are they going to produce, just uh, it, it it's going to lead us down a path uh, that's that's going to it's going to be suboptimal. So right now, let's just we just want to focus on value. So Katie's absolutely right, you know, when, and particularly in in your startup draft, you know, that that's the time to load up on value. So by the way, that's that's where the whole quarterback heavy philosophy comes from in a super flex league. The fact that those quarterbacks are become so scarce after the startup, we know for a fact that the quarterback value is going to increase significantly once the startup is over and there's those quarterbacks are no longer available. We know what they're going to cost. Again, if you took Saquon Barkley over Lamar Jackson in your startup and then didn't end up with the quarterbacks that you need and you're trying to trade for Lamar Jackson, it takes Saquon Barkley, who you drafted ahead of Lamar Jackson, plus something to get Lamar Jackson. See, so that's that's where, you know, why not just give these guys the value increase that we know is going to be there later? Why not just do it now in a startup draft? So anyways, the 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 whole theory here is you is you load up on quarterbacks, the more of them that you have, the more you have that ability to trade them away and get full return get that max value out of them because you don't have to get a quarterback in return for them. So anything above four of them and you've got that ability. So if we're trying to just get the most value possible, I would submit to you that as many quarterbacks as you can get gives you the most trade value that your roster can possibly hold. Now, the, uh, and a big key to this is to not worry about the starting lineup, not worry about starting requirements. We don't have to set lineups for several months, so don't worry about that part. So anyways, back to where we were at from the jump with this whole thing. Um, so, you know, so Katie's absolutely right. Katie Flower's absolutely right. You want, uh, you, you want to go best player available, uh, give your roster the most trade value that you possibly can and again like she said and this is something that i first i i I give credit to dynasty outhouse on this one i might be wrong on that um, but he's the first one that i heard say draft for talent trade for need uh, draft for value trade for need is is the way he said it and that's that's essentially what we're trying to do here in february get as much value as you can and then cash it in as the uh, as the off season goes on, and turn it into um, you know fill needs and turn it into fantasy production. Where where I do disagree somewhat with Katie is the idea that you necessarily do that in a rookie draft, which by the way isn't what she was saying anyway. So um, I, we might not even disagree on that one, but. You know, if this was the if this is the rookie draft right after you did your startup draft, 100% agree. And we didn't get that context here 
uh, from Fantasy Graphics Guy. Hashtag no context because we don't know if this is year one, year two, year three of the of the you know the the dynasty league. We have no idea. So if it's year one, you just did the startup, and now you're doing the rookie draft, then I fully, fully agree with Katie that you just you draft the most value. Which 102, it's, you know, maybe you get Joe Burrow there. Most likely you're going to get Tua there. Uh, 103, DeAndre Swift. And 109, to me it's still a running back. I think they still hold the most value. Um, but I do know that there's that there are some very good wide receivers in this draft class who uh, are going to tantalize some people, especially in the right landing spot. Um, but again, so the, the goal is just going to be to draft the best players available. Get the most talent up on your roster possible. Uh, but if it's year two and beyond, and you already... Uh, you know, you're beyond the startup, you've actually gone through at least one season, and now your team has needs, I have absolutely no problem. And in fact, my personal strategy, because again, in the startup, I'm loading up on quarterbacks, I'm probably going to try and add some young wide receivers and try and kind of build around them. And I, I find running backs, I mean, they're 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 certainly not stud type of running backs, you know. Uh, some of my favorite guys who I've talked about so far in this offseason are Raheem Mostert and Boston Scott. Those are two guys I, I love to end up with on my roster. And get a handful of those of those guys, Darrell Henderson and Justice Hill, you know, guys who could end up young running backs who could end up in a, a you know, kind of a lead back type of role, a feature back type of role, or at least a fairly significant role. Um, Justice Hill could be more of a satellite type of back. To me, he could easily be the number one in that very, very potent offense. But he won't necessarily. But either way, he's going to be on the field. They're going to at least throw him the ball and give him PPR value. That's the type of, of running back that I want in my startup. So if I've got just this roster full of quarterbacks, and, you know, some young wide receivers, and I feel like I'm pretty solid at wide receiver, and then just a bunch of crap running backs, you know, which, which that's, you know, that's where we find guys like Chris Carson and Philip Lindsay, by the way, Austin Eckler. So you can use those guys to be competitive, but let's finish off those rosters with the absolute stud running backs. So at that point, to me, the need is the most important thing, um, and that's what I'm going to address. So at 102, I'm going to pass on Tua because I've got all the quarterbacks that I need, and I just need running backs to turn this into a true contending dynasty. So I'm going to get, you know, I'm probably taking DeAndre Swift, and from there it depends a little bit on uh, landing spots, but for me, it's Jonathan Taylor. I know that a lot of people feel like J.K. Dobbins is going to be the guy. And then at 109, I, I you know, I'm kind of hoping that Cam Akers falls to me. Give me those three running backs, and I feel like I just built up my running back core to go along with the depth I already had. I feel like I've got a running back group that's going to help me win in 2020. That one took a lot longer than I intended, <laughs> so I'm going to try and hustle through some of this other stuff real quick, though. Um, so uh, the next one from my friend James Shoemaker, at FF Tsunami. It's a Dynasty full PPR Superflex trade, and it was pretty simple. It's Amari Cooper for Adam Thielen and A.J. Green. And again, I, you know, we, we just covered this, so this is, uh, this is a pretty quick one for you, but Again, we're just looking for value right now. Here in February, all we care about is trade value. So go look at ADP. You're going to see that Amari Cooper is significantly higher than either Adam Thielen or A.J. Green. He's going to give you the greatest return uh, in trade value. He's uh, He went at 3.02 uh, as a consensus in uh, February mock drafts. Um, Thielen and green I'm sorry as i scrolled down a little bit here 
uh, still scrolling, so that tells you something. Adam Thielen uh, at 8.11, and A.J. Green at 11.01. So there's a huge gap between those those wide receivers. I don't think that the production is nearly that that great, especially if, if Stephon Diggs moves on from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, which it you know it's sounding like a trade is imminent. Adam Thielen becomes the the number one there. Um, you know it's not a situation where where Diggs is pulling away the tougher coverage because you know Adam Thielen plays in the slot. They really kind of play two totally different positions. There's just more volume available to Adam Thielen. Nothing else really changes. So. You know that I, I there's there's still plenty of production from Adam Thielen coming. AJ Green finally getting healthy. Will he he might be in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow running Zach Taylor's offense. Um, he could also move on to a totally different team um, that's uh, that's also going to feature him. And you know I, I you've at least got a kind of a, a deep down the field um, and jump ball type of guy, a red zone threat. Um, AJ Green brings a lot to whatever offense he's going to land on, and uh, I think that there's there's going to be a lot more fantasy production than this ADP would dictate. So, um, you know, it, those are I think I would take those two guys into the season personally, as long as they're both starters. That's the key. They both have to be starters on my roster. Um, they have to be. Uh, at least flex considerations for me before I would do that. Um, if if I'm so loaded at wide receiver that I can't find a place for both of those guys in my lineup, then I'll stick with Cooper. But otherwise, I'll, I'll take those two into the season. But that's the whole thing is just right now, the difference in ADP tells us the difference in their market value. And Amari Cooper's is significantly higher than even the combination of them. So give me Amari right now, and then by the end of the uh, of the non-point scoring season, then I'm gonna I'm gonna start trying to trade for uh, Green and Thielen, and I'd be willing to trade Amari Cooper at that point. I don't think you have to. I don't I don't have a problem with Amari Cooper, but I would uh, be willing to cash in on that ADP. All right, and now on to uh, I tweeted out a call to action. Um, the other day, I said that I wanted to uh, make up for our lack of uh, of audio content last week, and I wanted to do so with a solo episode this week. And I'd like to talk about whatever's on your mind, whatever uh, whatever you feel feel like talking about. Let's get into it. So, and got a few replies here um, that I want to go through real quick. First of all, my man Swags at DFF underscore underscore Swag, uh, he said, "Where do teams really expect to?" To get when they send you Eric Ebron and Preston Williams for Goff in a 2022nd, yes, super flex. I mean, I get trying, but to even push my second in, which one of those players equals Goff? I would give you a second for Preston Williams, maybe even a push a third back to you. So, so this ended up being very rhetorical, uh, and uh, if you're not following. Swags, you should definitely be doing so. But uh, for anybody who's a follower of Swags or uh, um, knows about Swags from his various podcasts, um, Super Flexible, the FF Breakdown, Rookie Fever, um, <laughs> this is a, this is a, a quintessential uh, Swags type of tweet. But um, his his point is simply that you know people sending out the offer of Eric Ebron and Preston Williams for Jared Goff. Um, is that's already, you know, it's, it's not enough for Jared Goff and, and it kind of doesn't matter what the format is going to be like a heavy tight end premium still don't care. Uh, and then, you know, throw in that 2022nd on top. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly not close. I think that, uh, most people would agree with you swags. Obviously there's one person who doesn't, um, and, uh, they even might agree with you. They're just, uh, just pushing your buttons um, because they know it's easy to do. <laughs> um, oh, he and he followed it up with, I would not give Josh Rosen for Ebron. 
which yeah, yeah, I I agree with that at this point. I don't know where Eric Ebron's going to end up. I thought that Seattle might be a good landing spot for him. They get Greg Olson instead, uh, which means that they feel pretty good about Will Disley. Yeah, I mean, where does Eric Ebron end up? That's that's the whole key. That's the whole question. And uh, right at the moment, it's it's hard to imagine uh, his value going up you know, very significantly. Whereas Josh, Josh Rosen, to me, the, the story is not written on Josh Rosen yet. He, we have not seen, he's not had a very substantial opportunity, uh, to, uh, to start in the NFL yet. I mean, he played behind that dreadful Arizona line in his rookie year and then gets pushed out by Kyler Murray. Um, and it goes to Miami, and and he looked good at times with Miami, but Ryan Fitzpatrick just had such a a stranglehold on that job. Um, there there's an opportunity out there for Josh Rosen. I think we're gonna see him as an NFL starter at some point, and I think he's. It, it, I I still believe that he could be a very good NFL starter, uh, well beyond serviceable for me. Patrick at. P underscore dub underscore 21. Uh, he said, Diggs, feel like trading him next blow up period. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I it, again, I think it's going to kind of depend on where he lands. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that there are better situations out there. I think that there are greener pastures for Stephon Diggs uh, than the Minnesota Vikings. And I... You know, I I know, uh, you know the Minnesota miracle, and you know the the all the success that Stephon Diggs had as kind of a later round pick um, to to rise up and and become the number one in that offense, or you know one A one B at least. You know that there there were some big moments. Um, he's he's really put up good fantasy production uh, throughout his career in Minnesota, but. The reality is they want to win with defense and running the ball. They want Kirk Cousins to manage the game. They want Kirk Cousins to, uh, you know, to win the game when he needs to. They want him ready. Uh, they want to have him there when they need that. But at the end of the day, they don't want to win the, the game throwing the ball. If they're throwing the ball a lot in Minnesota, it means things aren't going well. So... So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's an opportunity for Stephon Diggs to find a much better situation than what he's been in. You know, a, a higher volume passing game. Um, I, I, I don't know that he necessarily will. Uh, there are some that he's been kind of linked to so far that, uh, you know, if, if he went to New England, that would be pretty uninspiring to me. To me, that's the blow up period. That's when you trade him is the second that he lands in New England. I have no interest in in Stephon Diggs in New England. I really have no interest in any wide receiver uh, who who goes to New England. That's just kind of where they go to die. Um, but there are, some, there are some situations that I think uh, could be very beneficial for Stephon Diggs. So, so I, I don't think that it's a, a clear-cut case for me with Stephon Diggs. I think that um, we, we need to see what the landing spot is going to be before, um, before I'm willing to just to write him off and, and wait for that blow up period before I trade him. Um, so I'm not quite there yet, Patrick, but, uh, I, I definitely get it. Um, and it's, it's something to monitor. Uh, and then Bill McCarthy at Supa Flex, he said, Burrow and Tua go 101 and 102 in the rookie draft. What is the latest pick QB3 gets taken in the NFL draft where you feel comfortable grabbing him with the 1.03? So, you know, probably Justin Herbert is the guy, although it sounds like Jordan Love has kind of snuck into the conversation as well. But uh, Justin Herbert is, is probably the most likely quarterback to be drafted in the first round uh, along with Burrow and Tua. And at what point in the NFL draft could he be drafted and still uh, and, and be the, the 1.03 in our Superflex rookie drafts is essentially what Bill's saying here. And I think, again, it's going to be landing spot dependent. 
Um, that's, that's the bigger issue for me. That's the bigger question. Um, you know, I, I think certainly top 10, if he went in the top 10, which I think is a very likely scenario, I, I would certainly consider him, uh, at 103 at that point. It also, you know, it also depends on where do the running backs land. Um, some of these, a couple of these wide receivers are going to land in some dream scenarios, you know, put CD lamb with the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray, you know, and Cliff Kingsbury calling the plays. That's, that's the type of thing where, uh, his, his draft stock shoots up regardless of where Justin Herbert goes, um, and, and when he goes in the draft. But, um, you know, just, just to put Justin Herbert on an Island here, you know, if, if, he were to go top 10, um, you know, to the, to the LA chargers, for instance. Um, and they've got, you know, Tyrod Taylor is their bridge quarterback, uh, which means that we're going to see Justin Herbert in 2020. We're going to see him sooner rather than later. I, I think he probably belongs in 1.03 consideration at least. Uh, but there are teams also, you know, kind of later in the, in the first round of the draft where I would also, I would still consider Justin Herbert, you know, uh, the new England Patriots are, are, it looks like they might be looking for their next quarterback. And we know that they commit to somebody for a long, for the long term. We know that Josh McDaniels knows how to develop a quarterback, you know, just as bad as they are for wide receivers for fantasy. They're just as good for quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen, um, you know, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jacob, Jacoby Brissett all at the same time having significant super flex value. So, you know, they could absolutely, if they if they were to land Justin Herbert and, uh, you know, make him the, the long-term answer, the franchise quarterback, um, and, you know, get him later in the draft, uh, that's, I, I think that that belongs in the conversation for 1.03 as well. And, you know, uh, New Orleans, for that matter, uh, it looks like they're going to move on from uh, Teddy Bridgewater, bring back Drew Brees for one more year. Teddy Bridgewater's probably going to command a starting role and starting uh, quarterback money. And I, I can't imagine the New Orleans Saints being willing to pay that, uh, you know, 20 to $30 million on a long-term deal. When you still have Drew Brees, at least in 2020, and you know, with the possibility of coming back in 2021, so you know, Teddy Bridgewater's gone. Drew Brees is on his way out. Taysom Hill is not a, a you know a starting quarterback type of guy. He probably he he might even leave New Orleans. He just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them as a backup quarterback. So, you know, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, whoever it ends up being, those guys, if they landed in New Orleans, that's, you know, that that would be something to to consider as well. So, you know, I think that there are a handful of situations throughout the first round of the NFL draft that would uh, propel a quarterback into that conversation uh, for me. All right, one more from my boy Nels. It's at oh babyface Nelson zero babyface Nelson that is, and he just said rookie picks value compared to current players. Like I said earlier, you know at the top of the show, in January we ran mock drafts and I included rookie picks uh, because to me that's what your super flex startup is generally gonna look like. Now I know sometimes you randomize the the order for the startup and then you randomize the order for the rookie draft, um, you know, and, and people end up with, you know, you've got your rookie draft going in your rookie picks going into the startup. Um, I just as often, I think you're going to see these rookie picks available to be drafted in your startup draft. And I think that it's important for people to, you know, to have the, uh, to have, kind of that reference point of where these players, uh, where these picks are being valued. When do I draft rookie 1.01, for instance? And 
so I, you know, I just, I, I, I want to go over this real quick. Um, I, I'll try not to do a whole lot of analysis because I don't want to bog us down. Just to kind of tell you roughly where these picks went in January, and then I'll give you the players as well in February. I think it's interesting. In in January, we had uh, 33 uh, rookie picks drafted in a 20-round mock. Uh, so ro- picks 1.01 through 3.09. But here in February, when we took out the rookie picks and we put in rookie players, 46 rookies were taken. To me, it's very unusual that people would rather have a rookie with a name than a rookie pick. Generally speaking, the pick is going to be worth more than the player because a pick represents an entire range. It could be any of those players. You know, 3.09 is essentially, you know, it could be any one of 13 of those players drafted in February. So, uh, and, and, you know, at the opposite end of the spectrum, 1.01, it looks like it's going to be Joe Burrow. In February, Joe Burrow was the first rookie drafted. Uh, he was drafted, by the way, at 3.05 here in February. Uh, in January, though, rookie 1.01 was taken at 3.10. And to me, that's unusual as well. Just because, you know, rookie 1.01, that could be Joe Burrow. It could be DeAndre Swift. It could be Tua. It could be CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins. You know, it, it depends on landing spot. It can depend on team need, like we said earlier. You know, it can be um, if if you if you're good at quarterback and you need some running back help, and you can't trade back from 1.01, why wouldn't you just take DeAndre Swift? Uh, you know, I, I I'm totally fine with that move. On the record, I am all for that move. So the fact that 1.01 covers that entire range of players tells me that, you know, it, it should be worth more than the, the player is himself. So the fact that 1.01 went five spots after uh, Joe Burrow um, in the span of a month is, uh, is very interesting to me personally. But um, so we'll just address them both real quick. So in January, rookie 1.01 went at 310. Uh, ahead of that pick, it was Kenny Galladay at 309, Baker Mayfield at 308, Josh Allen at 307, Cortland Sutton at 306. No issue with any of those. Um, the biggest surprise to me was Leonard Fournette at 3.03. Uh, Leonard Fournette going ahead, and actually Josh Jacobs at 211. Those are pretty surprising to me uh, that both of those go ahead of rookie 1.01. Um, with the idea being, you know, again, 1.01 could be, it could be DeAndre Swift, it could be Jonathan Taylor, it could be J.K. Dobbins, whoever ends up in the best situation, uh, the best the best combination of situation and talent at any one of the positions. So, you know, for me, I, I think I'm taking 1.01 over Leonard Fournette personally and probably taking it over Josh Jacobs as well. So, um, by the way, Dynasty Outhouse, I've referenced him three times now. Man, uh, should be paying me royalties here, Russ. Um, but Dynasty Outhouse and Kevin Cotillo uh, just started a new podcast on the, uh, the, the Dynasty Dummies Funhouse Network. It's called Split Takes, and they kind of talked about this. Um, it, you know, they were really kind of talking about trading for Josh Jacobs. And uh, they they kind of hit on this value already, and I, and I just I, I agreed with it. I, to me, one point oh one is more valuable than Josh Jacobs because it can be any one of those running backs who I still view to be more talented than Josh Jacobs, and it can be whichever one ends up in the best situation, which is probably going to be a better situation than Josh Jacobs as well. So, one point oh one going almost a full round after Josh Jacobs is pretty interesting. Um, not sure that I agree with that one, but uh, 1.01 went ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Um, going ahead of Aaron Rodgers is, uh, uh, that hurts me quite a bit, but, um, you know, Joe Burrow versus Aaron Rodgers. 
I, I, I can't hate on it too bad. I mean, you know, getting the rookie versus the 37-year-old, you know, uh, there's definitely an application for, you know, the, the best rookie quarterback over the best all-time quarterback for fantasy football purposes. So, uh, and they went back to back. So, by the way, for all the Aaron Jones haters, well... This might not be totally fair. I might have driven that ADP a little bit. I don't think I did, though. I think I mostly stayed away from Aaron Rodgers for once and uh, let people um, kind of dictate what his consensus value really is. And they ended up taking him at 311, one pick after 1.01. So maybe I'm not as ridiculous with my Aaron Rodgers love as uh, as originally thought. Uh, in February, though, Joe Burrow win at 1.01 for the the top rookie drafted anyways and again at 3.05 one spot after Josh Jacobs that one's that one makes a little bit more sense to me you know if you're going to say that it's this exact player rather than a range of players uh, then I think that Josh Jacobs might potentially rise above that um it's it's awfully close for me though. He also uh he goes after um you know Odell Beckham Jr., Amari Cooper, DJ Moore. Those are all slam dunks. Uh Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz. Um you know, uh that those all make perfect sense. This seems like a pretty good spot for Joe Burrow. Uh it is a little tough because the players who went after him include Cortland Sutton, AJ Brown, um, there's our good friend Leonard Fournette, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, half a round after him, um, Kenny Galladay, Derrick Henry. Some of these guys, again, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is a rookie. We don't know for sure what we're going to get from Joe Burrow, um, uh, you know, particularly in year one, but he's also a quarterback with a guaranteed starting role. Um, so th- it, it's hard to argue too much with the consensus on this one. I think I personally would prefer Cortland Sutton or AJ Brown, but I'm also going to be, you know, in a situation where I've got all the quarterbacks that I need and I don't need Joe Burrow in the third round. I'm, you know, I'm already going to have my top two quarterbacks. So I'm starting to look for, you know, either running backs to trade or wide receivers to build around. In uh, January, rookie pick 1.02 went with uh, the first pick of the fourth round, and 1.03 went with the fourth pick of the fourth round, and actually uh, 1.04 with the ninth pick in the fourth round, 1.05 with the twelfth pick in the fourth round. So heavy run on uh, rookie picks there. Um, 1.02 was very close to 1.01, just uh, two two picks separated them, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Uh, two more picks, Miles Sanders and Travis Kelsey before 1.03. And then four picks, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Jimmy Garoppolo, Stephon Diggs before 1.04. Uh, then Daniel Jones and Cooper Cup before 1.05. So people kind of viewing those top five picks as being very close, at least in January. Uh, and that was probably before we lost guys like uh, Chuba Hubbard and, and Travis Etienne and uh, Najee Harris. Um, you know, they made this draft class uh, look not quite as deep, uh, particularly at a position that we really kind of value in the rookie draft. But nevertheless, you know, the fact that those picks hold you know they they do kind of represent that range i think is where people uh people felt like it was a it was a worthwhile investment um meanwhile here in february again joe burrow went in the third round uh in the fourth round uh, deandre swift goes with the second pick right after aaron Rodgers. thank you very much i also did not draft aaron Rodgers. i think i drafted him once um and it was in a in one of the mock drafts where um I tried to I, I tried to start off with running backs and wide receivers in the first three rounds and was starting to feel like quarterback was uh was you know becoming a little bit scarce. So I went ahead and took Aaron Rodgers as my first quarterback. But 
Um, three other mock drafts took Aaron Rodgers ahead of DeAndre Swift. Just saying. Uh, Swift went at 4.02. Tua goes at 4.10. CeeDee Lamb at 4.11. Um, so, you know, we're kind of starting to get a little bit of a, of a consensus as far as where these rookies are going to go exactly. And, you know, this is where it, it, it starts to settle in and make a little bit more sense because these players with, uh, you know, once, once you put an actual player and an actual name to that pick, the pick doesn't have nearly the, the power that it used to, that it did even just a month ago. So we still have four rookies, though, through the first four rounds, um, basically in round three and round four. Uh, you know, a, a lot more picks separated Joe Burrow from DeAndre Swift. Um, more picks separated DeAndre Swift from Tua. We saw Julio Jones, Daniel Jones, Miles Sanders, Jared Goff, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Cooper Cup all go in between DeAndre Swift and Tua. Um, and then C.D. Lamb goes right after Tua, uh, followed by Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins and Allen Robinson. So, um, uh, so some some kind of interesting developments there. So, you know, certainly the separation between those picks, and then putting C.D. Lamb in the in the top four ahead of Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. I thought that was a little bit interesting as well. For me, those rookie wide receivers, they're not a great investment anyways. It usually takes them, you know, about a, at least a year to develop. We, we mostly see these wide receiver breakouts in year two, year three, uh, which means, you know, they're going to lose value in that first year, typically speaking. So it, it doesn't always happen that way. Look at A.J. Brown. Um, he gained a significant amount of value from uh, just in his rookie year. But for every A.J. Brown, we also have a Nikhil Harry uh, who, uh, who dropped just a ton of value uh, from uh, year one to year two. So, um, so C.D. Lamb at 411, ahead of Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, is a pretty interesting one to me it's uh, uh it, it, it's pretty risky um but it wasn't too far off uh in round five um Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins go back to back at 503 504 then Matthew Stafford and then Jerry Judy at 506 so three more rookies uh, you know clustered pretty close together in round five whereas in January we only had one rookie pick come off the board in round five. It was at 5.09. Rookie 1.06 goes off the board. Uh, round six uh, in January, rookie 1.07 came off the board. In February, one rookie comes off the board in round six. It's 6.12 Cam Akers. We start seeing one or two rookies per round uh, come off the board. Um, after Jerry Judy and Cam Akers, it goes Justin Herbert in the seventh at 712, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 802, Jalen Rager at uh, 902, T. Higgins at 907, LaVisca Chenault at 1002, uh, Henry Ruggs at 1011, Brian Edwards at 116, Jordan Love at 1201. Uh, Justin Jefferson at 12.04, Zach Moss at 12.08, Tyler Johnson at 12.11. So a little bit of a rookie run there in, in uh, round 12. And then Eno, Eno Benjamin at 13.07. So that rounds out the top 20 rookies right there. And, uh, um, you know, all of them off the board by round 13. Whereas in January, uh, we had... Uh, Let's see, 1.08 goes in round 7, 1.09 goes in round 7, 110 in round 8, 11 and 12 in round 9, 201 in round 10, 202 in round 11, 3 and 4 in round 12, 5 and 6 in round 13, uh, 7 and 8 in round 14, and actually 2.09 also goes in round 14. So, you know, we, it, it really kind of ended up pretty similar for the most part as far as the dispersal between rookie picks and rookie players uh, throughout the first 13, 14 rounds 
of a startup draft from January to February. There was a little bit of movement, um, you know, up and down for uh, once there's an actual name put to it. And in fact, Joe Burrow really was the only one who who rose above his uh, the the rookie pick 1.01 ADP uh, in one month. Otherwise, the player dropped from uh, from January to February. Um, once the pick became a player, uh, they actually dropped in ADP. So something to look look out for. But um, so essentially. I, I, you know, I think that this uh, that this pretty much holds up. Uh, these uh, these rookie picks are generally going to go in the same range in your startup draft as uh, where they went in January. And again, I mean, you know, uh, 1.01 in in round three, and some players that you could probably expect to to get in return for 101. Um, <laughs> this one's going to be unpopular, but Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Cortland Sutton, um, A.J. Brown. Uh, those are players that I think, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette and Josh Jacobs, again, those are players that you could get in return for 1.01 uh, rather than actually making the pick. Um, 1.02, it's players like Miles Sanders, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Jones. 103, it's, you know, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, uh, and again, Kelsey and Sanders. 1.04, uh, think about guys like Stephon Diggs, Daniel Jones, Cooper Cup. 105 is uh, Cup, Calvin Ridley, um, Jared Goff, uh, some some running backs who probably fell a little bit, Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley. Uh, but there's, they still have, it looks like, mid-first-round type of value. Uh, I don't know that I agree with that, but that's, that's what the market has been. So uh, there you go. Uh, 1.06. It's it's guys like DK Metcalf and Allen Robinson, um, Austin Eckler and Carryon Johnson, uh, and then quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. I definitely don't agree with that. I think that you should probably get a higher pick than that for uh, Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan. But based on ADP, that's that's roughly where their value lies. Uh, 1.07 guys like Tyler Boyd, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, Tyler Lockett. Uh, those are some players that you could get in return for 1.07 according to consensus ADP. 1.08 guys like Christian Kirk, Chris Carson, uh, Terry McLaurin, Drew Locke, and Ryan Tannehill. I don't agree with either of those. I think you should get a bigger return from either one of those guys. Uh, 1.09 Austin Hooper, Adam Thielen. Ooh, <laughs> where's Jake Anderson when you need him? Adam Thielen for 1.09. Oh man, um, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't I couldn't part with Adam Thielen uh, for anything less than like 106. It might need to be something even higher than that. To be totally honest with you, uh, Marlon Mack, Le'Veon Bell instead of 1.09. I can get behind those. Uh, you know, at 1.09, if you're looking for a running back, again, you're probably looking at guys like Cam Akers uh, and Eno Benjamin. Um, yeah, those those are those were kind of the running backs. Uh, Clyde uh, Edwards Hilaire. Those are the guys going in that 109 range. And I could see a scenario where Marlon Mack and Le'Veon Bell have, you know, greater opportunities uh, than those rookie players. Um, so I think that 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 is uh, that's that's probably pretty close. One ten, oh man, Robert Woods, Darius Geis, Kenyon Drake, Kareem Hunt, Philip Lindsay, uh, quarterback Drew Brees, um, Hollywood Brown. Man, <laughs> Drew Brees, I could see it uh, because you know there's there's a chance we only get one more year out of out of Drew Brees, and if you earned one ten. And, um, you know, because you were a contender, you were, you know, top three in the league and you want Drew Brees to put you over the edge. I could definitely see sending 110 for Drew Brees. I think that that's a fair one. Um, man, the rest of these, these running backs in particular, Darius Geis, Kenyon Drake, Kareem Hunt, Philip Lindsay, that feels, uh, that feels awfully low for those running backs. Those are some very talented guys who are going to have you know, some, some pretty, pretty firm and pretty robust roles with the possible exception of Kareem Hunt. 
111, James Conner, uh, Derek Carr, again, Hollywood Brown, Philip Lindsay, uh, 112, Connor and Carr, Nikhil Harry. Oh, ouch. In 2019, Nikhil Harry was going, you know, top five in our rookie drafts. Uh, you know, certainly ahead of A.J. Brown, probably ahead of D.K. Metcalf, um, ahead of the tight ends, uh, and very possibly ahead of at least some of those running backs. Maybe not Josh Jacobs, but probably ahead of of David Montgomery, probably ahead of Miles Sanders, possibly ahead of Miles Sanders, that is. Um, Kyler Murray was probably the only quarterback going ahead of of uh, Nikhil Harry. So to see him fall all the way to 2021-12 type of value, just it, it illustrates what happens to these wide receivers uh, in their rookie year and the type of value drop that they see. Uh, in that first year. So, um, yeah, Nikhil Harry should, regardless, I know that we didn't see much of Nikhil Harry anyways. I know I also said I don't love wide receivers in that New England offense. I don't love the way they use the wide receivers and and just kind of discard the wide receivers like in season. I, I don't like their approach to the wide receiver position for fantasy purposes, but Nikhil Harry should be going much higher than 112. I think we can probably all agree on that. Uh, Gardner Minshew and Jarvis Landry, Hunter Henry, Darren Waller, those guys are also in that 112 range. Uh, Sony Michelle and Ted, Teddy Bridgewater on, are on either side of 2.01. Preston Williams and Sterling Shepard at 2.02. Justice Hill and Royce Freeman, Tom Brady at 2.03. O.J. Howard, Andy Dalton, Julian Edelman, Mike Jasicki are guys around 2.04 and 2.05. David Njoku and Hunter Renfro at 206. Um, Those guys feel like they should go higher. But uh, John Ross, Phillip Rivers, uh, James Washington, those guys are around 2.07. 2.08, guys like Tevin Coleman, Jamison Crowder, Marvin Jones, uh, Tony Pollard and Darrell Henderson on either side of 2.09. Um, man, Darrell Henderson going after Tony Pollard is uh, is an interesting one. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alshon Jeffrey, those are the guys around 2.10. Uh, Chris Herndon and Carlos Hyde at 2.11. Jordan Howard and Chase Edmonds at 2.12. So there you go. There's There's kind of some some rough values for those players. And again, you can use the ADP at dynastyleaguefootball.com and uh, just kind of the players in that range, that's roughly what you should expect to get in return for a rookie pick. And uh, and again, I mean, this is all subjective. These are still based on mock drafts. This, is, this was kind of the consensus opinion among four mock drafts but it, you know that's it's still only four mock drafts it's to, you can take it with a little bit of a grain of salt and you know definitely put your own spin on on some of these values because again i i i think a lot of these rookie picks are going a little bit higher than they should you know almost across the board but that's uh that's kind of how you can value you know, those uh, those rookie picks, both in trades and in uh, your startup draft. If you do have those rookie picks, um, that's kind of the range where you start considering those picks, uh, knowing full well that they're likely to come off the board. You know, if you're uh, if 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 you have one point oh one, for instance, and uh, at three point oh one, it comes back to you um that would be the time, even though you're still looking at guys like DJ Moore, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, AJ Brown, Cortland Sutton, Carson Wentz. That would be the time to take 1.01, your you know the rookie pick. Uh, I wouldn't do it, but that's where you have to do it. So, uh, anyways, I just got to thank you all for uh, for the questions, some excellent ones. Um, plenty to talk about, and uh, I went long as always. I'm definitely gonna um, try and cut this down into a more, me- you know, manageable chunk for you. 
um, as best I can through the magic of editing. But uh, it, either way, it, it's all really important stuff. I'm glad we got to it all. I'm glad to be back doing this and uh, glad to have the super show um, back to multiple episodes every single week. So hopefully that was some useful stuff for you that uh, you can um, refer back to as you go on through this non-point scoring season. But with that, I'm going to wrap it up here. And uh, as I do so, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF Family and Podcast Mega Feed and get access to all the great podcasts from DLF. But once you're subscribed to the Superflex Super Show and or the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed, if you'd give us a rating and review, those help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience. We can involve more people in the conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you to listen to. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. I'm at SuperFlexDude. James the Brain is at underscore James the Brain. Ethan is at EturnerFF underscore PT. Brian is at BrianHarFF. And Stompy is at FFStompy. And we can retweet those trade polls for you and uh, help you get more votes and comments and sometimes even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them for you. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.